Welcome to our week Wednesday Shir. The Shir will be presented again in two parts. Makes it easier for the listener and makes it easier for the recorder. The Shabbos Bashes Vahira, Shabbos Varkam Kedeshvat. We're coming this week, yesterday, from the name of Chav Dalit Tevis, the outside of the Alter Rebbe. Which the Alter Rebbe was in Ishama Kvalis, was a general soul, and saw to it, not just for him, for his generation, but for generations thereafter, for all of us till today, to open up the vista, the new vista, the new path of Chassidus in a way that we can apply it to our daily life in a way that everyone can participate everyone can feel that they are part that they belong nobody feels that there is somebody superior or that they are inferior to anyone else in that We all have an Ashama Tehira, we all have the capacity and the capability of doing with our pure and holy soul and achieving whatever needs to be achieved. The question becomes, of course, which is of the other train of thought? If you have such a holy Nishama, you should be doing so much better, so much more. And for those people that don't, Rahman al Sun sit in the all day long. And they don't involve themselves in, in mitzvahs all day long. And they don't uh, keep the mitzvahs to the ut- utmost, etc., etc., etc. They're culpable. They're people that have no, there's nothing to them. There's no, no su- substance to them, no sustenance to them. Hayitachin. What are they, on what basis do they exist, Bukhal? tells us Hasidus that no, each and every person achieves, reaches his capability, his capacity to which he can achieve, and each person needs to apply as such to their daily life, each person needs to see to it that they understand and that they grasp the greatness and the holiness and the Kedusha in each and everything that they do and that they live and that they live by. The The mere fact that a person says that they understand that they are Jewish, the mere fact that a person understands how holy their neshama is, or they don't understand necessarily a neshama b'chal, they don't understand what a neshama is all about, what it, how it could be holy, where a person is put into certain predicaments 
which they think is beyond and above anything that they could possibly handle or make any good out of or make any sense out of. Where everything that they're going to eat and ingest needs to be in a way, in a form, in a fashion of a heter of a heter. They have to look for different leniencies to be able to possibly put this food into their mouth, this morsel of food, as they want to keep the dietary, the kosher dietary laws to the umpteenth level. The mere fact that it bothers them, the mere fact that it concerns them, the mere fact that they understand the predicament in which they are in, and thereby are trying to apply and trying to make it work, trying to make it happen. And for some of us that literally can go a whole day without eating Rechman al-Islam, because this environment in which they are in is not conducive for kosher, or does not bring about, it does not show us any, does not appear to be, packages of foods are open, etc., that can be touched, that can be mixed with other non-kosher foods, This is called Mesiris Nefesh. This is called a Mesiris Nefesh, which is far beyond the grasp that we have in the normal realm of our minds. We talk about Mesiris Nefesh, we talk about the person that stood up and was told, was caught studying Torah in communist Russia or Nazi Germany, and they were caught studying Torah, doing mitzvahs, and they were they were prosecuted, not prosecuted, they were not only persecuted, but they were literally killed or destroyed for it, tortured for it. This we know as Mesiris Nefesh. Modern day Mesiris Nefesh is probably on a higher level and stronger than the Mesiris Nefesh of yesteryear. Fact that a man or a woman can find themselves in a place, in a predicament where the surroundings are not conducive for Taylor mitzvahs and they just want to take off their yarmulke or just not not walk around sneers because nobody else is and they feel awkward being sneers amongst, amongst these people or they feel awkward walking around with the yarmulke and tzitzes and therefore try to hide such a feeling. But they don't. And they rise above it. And they say, no, I will not give in to this, I will not give in to terrorism, I will not give in to the fact that the people surrounding me, around me, are looking at me crooked, are looking at me awkward, are looking at me cross-eyed. That does not and will not disrupt my life, will not disturb me, will not rock my boat, will not anything. I will persevere because I am a Jew. And Adirabha, the Neshama Tehera, the pure, holy Neshama, comes, rises above that. Rises above it and says, at this point in time, I will perfectly show how I am and who I am. I will apply myself even stronger. I will apply myself even better, even greater, in a higher level, to rise up above the trials, the tribulations, the tri- the tests that I'm putting put to and keeping to the umpteenth level Teda Kdesha and the Teda and its mitzvahs this is called pure Mesiris Nefesh 
This is Messias Nefesh Me'ever Me'al, beyond understanding, beyond the grasp of a regular person. That is a Messias Nefesh that one would say to themselves, I don't know. I, my, that predicament, how I would behave and how I would have acted. If I would be able to overcome all these obstacles that I'm being placed in, all these troubles, all these tri- these trying moments, I'm starving, I need a cup of coffee, I need a cup of this, I need a drink, and I don't know where I can go, what can I do, what can I touch, because I'm scared to ingest something that's not 100% kosher. This is called Mesiris Nefesh. This is called what a Neshama Dayana does and how the simple of the Neshamas who are not sitting and learning Tera all day long, even if they're davening Shachas and davening Maidav only, sometimes even a Mincha, and even sometimes they they manage to say Tehillim or they say Tehillim on a daily basis. This little things that they do, these minor things that they do, who they which they feel are minor, which they feel are insignificant practically before Akalish Barakum, considering all the other great mitzvahs that people do and all the great tailor that people study. Zakmandir, we tell you no chasvishalam, you are at a higher level than almost anyone that you heard of and that you know. And you need to push and persevere and go on and move on with your pure intention, with your pure Mesidus Nefesh and see to it that your actions, which actions speak more than words, Pail Yeshua is Bekerabaretz, they cause salvation amongst the earth and they cause Yeshua's and Refua's and may all those may those people understand and hear and see how Akash Baruch Hu loves them and how they will see an ultimate Geula Pratis they'll see their own private redemption from what they are, from who they are and from what, with, with, and what they are living and how the circumstances in which they are, they are subjected to be how they can overcome and override all these things. And HaKadosh Baruch should answer all the tefillahs. And Adarab, these are the people that you turn to and you say, please daven for me, because you have the open door to HaKadosh Baruch And they tell me, it's the story, I think I've told it before, it's a story, it's a, a, it's a joke. Amilsa de Bidichusa, of the anti-Semita walks into a restaurant. And it's a very full, beautiful restaurant. And looks he's really in a good mood. The beautiful places. The ambience is beautiful. The smell, the, the scents are wafting through the air are amazing, aromas. And he's just ready to order the house. He's ready to eat. He's starving. And, he's, and he looks and he turns around and there in the corner is sitting an altar eagle. He's ravenous, he's angry, he's disgusted, he's just... But he's going to take care of this eagle, he's going to fix his height. And he orders, he calls over the waiter and he screams out loud, Waiter, what's the most beautiful, tastiest, expensive entree you have in the house? 
And the waiter tells him, he says, I want you to keep everyone here in the bar, in this in the restaurant one of these entrees on my cheshbon, on my tab, but not the Jew. If I look at the Jew, <gasps> but they all get the beautiful entree and they all delicious and they enjoy it very, very much. And the Jew's sitting there. And finally, he's getting really angry. And he says, I want to order, waiter, your finest and most beautiful, expensive dessert. And I want everyone in the restaurant to have it, except the Jew. And everybody gets the rest, and they're all excited, they're all happy, and the Jew's sitting. And then finally, he turns around to the waiter, and he sees the Jew is just not racked. And he says to the waiter, what is the most expensive drink you have in the house? Expensive wine or liquor, whatever it might be. A shot for everyone, except the Jew. And again, everybody indulges, and everybody enjoys, and screams, and yells, and they all say the chayim to him, and they pick him up on a chair, and they start singing and dancing, and everything with him. Finally, he gets off the chair, and he sees the Jew sitting there, with a little smile on his face, even. And he walks over and he says, You Jew, I just openly humiliated you in front of everyone here. And yet you sit here smiling. What's wrong with you? This is nothing. So what are you smiling about? <laughs> I own the restaurant. So yes, you think you humiliated me. But you spent now thousands of dollars in my restaurant and they all went into my pocket. We don't understand, we don't know oftentimes when we see something happening and we see something that looks so hard and looks so bad and looks so... Why am I even doing this? What am I accomplishing with it? We don't know what we're accomplishing. And therefore... When we are the kifsachas ben shivim zevim, when the little when the little sheep amongst the seventy wolves, we don't understand how lowering our eyes, or turning our head, or even raising our head up, causes effect and after effects, and causes and brings about certain sparks, awakens certain sparks in people, and sees to it that other people around you are affected by it, and other people around you hear it, and other people around you see it, notice it, and they don't necessarily say anything, and they don't necessarily even get affected by it, and they don't necessarily react to it, and so much so that you might never ever see what the effect and cause that you caused by doing what you did. But, HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows, and the person themselves knows, and therefore, Va'ira El Avraham, I have appeared in the Pashas Va'eda. HaKadosh Baruch says, I appeared before your forefathers. And Moshe Rabbeinu says to him, and you did, and you put the Jews in a predicament, you put the Jews in a situation. And it's even worse now because you told me to go talk to Pari, and he intensified everything. So what are you telling me here now? What are you trying to bring me? Where are you trying to place me in the Jewish nation's my brethren suffering. Why have you made it worse for this nation? 
Hakadosh Baruch says, "Ve'edel Avram Litzchok Ve'Yakub B'Kel Shakai Ushmi Avayel Inedaiti Lehem Lachinem Levnei Yisroni Avayel Beteis Yeschem Inedaiti Kini Hashem." Hakadosh Baruch says, "I am the God that appeared to the forefathers of Avram Yitzchok and Yakub in Kel Shakai, and my name is not known to them either. Therefore, tell the Jews, I am a, I am Hakadosh Baruch I am Hashem, and I will take them out." They should just know I am Hashem. I'm not asking them to be able to know everything. I'm not asking them to complete every 613 mitzvahs. I'm not asking them to do the greatest of great and the most fantastic feats of the world. I'm simply asking them to know that I am Hashem. Akash Baruch Hu calms down Moshe with this. Don't worry. You're worried or concerned that Akash Baruch Hu will not keep his promise to redeem the Jews. HaKadosh Baruch lets him know that he now reached the time to fulfill the promise to the forefathers. Which is still don't understand with the whole introduction. What does that mean? My name, Havaya, was not known to them. These words of Akash Baruch Hu are a response to the question of Mesha. Why does Bnei Yisrael need to suffer so much in Golos Mitzrayim? And Akash Baruch Hu in his answer and his response does not suffice it with an actual notification about the ultimate immediate redemption which is about to happen but rather explains the reason for all the tzaras of the Golas. The reason why we're going to we're going through and being subjected to what we're going through. And this is what HaKadosh Baruch says to Meshavva'eda el Avraham Although I revealed myself to the forefathers and they merited these revelations of the ultimate Shekhinah, of my ultimate Shekhinah, but this is only in Kale and Shakai, which is a revelation which is limited, which is condensed. The name Shakai, the Shmoyes says, Shamarti Lelme Dai. I said to my world, enough, keeping score at home is Gemara Chagiga, you'd base at Aleph. 13, in 12 side 1 I said to my world enough we know that the Shakai Shindalajir is also on the outside of our mezuzahs that's how we know the front of the mezuzah it says Shakai which means to say that this restriction this condensement of the light of godliness this is what the forefathers merited. A beautiful revelation, a beautiful um, godliness uh, in, in open, open fashion, but it's only limited. It's condensed. 
Shmi Avaya, my name Havaya, Yudke Vavke, I did not tell them. They did not merit the revelations <coughs> of the never ending, never the endless revelations that come with the Shem Havaya. There are 72 names of God. 72 names that we can write, but we cannot erase. The name Yudke Vavke is of the highest of levels. And that's why it's a name that we do not pronounce. Which again is a story that has to do with very relevant with the Alter Rebbe, with the Rikia Shemayim and Rikia Aretz, Rikia Da'ara and Rikia Shemayim. That the, the 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 question was asked by the Zar to a, to a uh, minister. to a minister wh- how is it that it says that the Rikia, that the heavenly heavenly realm and the heaven, the earthly realm are similar in what way are they similar and the it's a very long story actually but uh, the ultimate the ultimate part of the story is that Rebbe told this to two people who are not his chassidim as of yet and he explained to them Randomly, they had no idea what he was explaining to them. That, just like a king is not mentioned, do not call him by his name. Rather, you call him your Majesty, or you call the Czar, the Czar, etc., etc. You don't say their name. The same too. So too. Probably the opposite, actually. Since Hakadosh Baruch Hu is never mentioned by his actual name, Yud Kevavke is written Yud Kevavke, but we pronounce it Aleph Dal Yud Adnai. So too, the name of the Tsar, the King, are never are not spoken of, but rather we just call him the Tsar of the King, His Majesty. And therefore. This revelation of Yudke Vavke was not revealed to the forefathers. However, now, B'nai Yisrael is standing and ready and prepared at the precipice to to receive and to merit this ultimate revelation of the great name of Yudke Vavke. And they will let them know, and let them let them know from now that I am Havaya, I am Yudke Vavke. Therefore, the, the need to do the difficult to overcome everything, the difficulties and the trials and tribulations of Golas, in order to merit the revelation of such a great, great name, even our forefathers did not merit this, and therefore they need to go and to make a special preparation which is done, dafke, through everything that we are put through, everything that we are subjected to within the Golas. Golas Mitzrayim was a shlav, which is a preparation to Ma'atera and Har Sinai. It was a stage, a preparation to Ma'atera and Har Sinai. As the Kaddish Baruch Hu says to Mesha, as I will take you will take out the nation from Egypt. They should serve God on this mountain. The direct effect 
the direct cause of the revelation was of the redemption is in order that they should come about that they should come uh, face with the revelation on Har Sinai. What happens on Har Sinai on this mountain? The whole essence of the entire goddess that they just went through was in order to elevate them and purify them that they should be able to they should be able to accept and become part of the revelation on Har Sinai. Therefore, it's fitting and it's apropos and it's almost worthwhile to go through and to never it's never worthwhile to suffer but to be uncomfortable in the Golas just that we should merit for the for the revelation of Akash Baruch himself know that I am Avaya know the name of Avaya itself the Yichud of the name Avaya in this way is brought about in a in a condensed fashion of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, that the essence, the true essence never changes. And therefore, when these are of, of, uh, these are applied and the revelation of Shemavaya is a perpetual one and never changes as the Ebesha says, Ani Nisi, I am God, I do not change. There's no change within me. There's no differences in me. I am always the same from the beginning to the end. Also, the personal service of a person who goes out of Mitzrayim, each person has his own Mitzrayim, his own personal Golas, his own Mitzrayim Agvulim, his own boundaries of which, with which he's restricted and restrained with and they go out of their own captivities in which they are held in either in their lifestyle, in their home, in their environment, whatever it might be, and they rise up above it, and they come to the true source, things that are established, and they do not change. This is the true test of the person. And this is what the person needs to, and when the person needs to apply it, and the person needs to persevere. Standing in the spiritual, in the, the spiritual status, only of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is one that does not change, does not go up, does not go down, does not go back, backwards or sideways. And this, therefore, is the true proof to the true service of Hashem, and only when we reach to this, to this, do we know that we've truly left, that we've truly departed from this ultimate horrific exile known as Golas Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is Lashon Mitzorim, Mitzorim Ugvulim, boundaries that we are kept within, restraints that we are we are subjected to. And we need to therefore rise above these restraints. We need to therefore persevere and show that we are not going to be subjected, we are not going to be persecuted 
but we know that we are doing everything in this gullus and all the trials and tribulations and all the headaches and all the problems and hiccups that we go through are all for the ultimate good so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu can reveal to us the ultimate good in the most beautiful fashion in the most beautiful way and therefore a person, one of the Meshach Rabbeinu's complaints shall we say that he has to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Ani Aral Sfasayim Meshach had a speech impediment as we call it today and his speech therapist couldn't really help him because he had burnt his tongue, whatever the situation might have been. And we'll talk about it soon, how his approach to Parai, and how his talking to Parai had to be. But one thing is most important, and a lesson more important than anything else, that we need to raise it, rise above. One cannot feel, I do not have a language, I do not have a voice, I do not have a way to express myself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we always have that door. That door, that window, is always open to us in the biggest, in the widest expanse. And thereby, we can always reach out and tap into our resources of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and His Kedusha and have the Kedusha reflect on you and the Kedusha permeate through within the person's existence so that the person can live and can apply each and every moment to the service of HaKadosh Baruch This is part one of today's year. We will do part two very shortly.